Well, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bibles this morning to 1 John. We're going to begin in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, a, a verse that I've been encouraging you to uh, memorize for the past uh, uh, few weeks now. And uh, as we look at that, uh, for the past few weeks, we've been uh, looking at uh, 1 John for the purpose of looking at uh, the evidence of salvation. And you know, as we look at the evidence of salvation and think about the evidence of salvation, the Bible uh, tells us that we can know whether or not we have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. We can know whether or not we're truly born again, whether or not we're truly saved. We truly can know. And so, you know, as I ask that question, do you know that you know that you know? Well, the fact is you can know, and you ought to know. And if you don't know, you need to get to that place where you do know. Amen? And so when we look at this, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, again, I've been asking you to memorize this. And so I preach out of the New American Standard. I know a lot of times folks ask me, what translation do you preach out of? It's the New American Standard. So whatever translation you have is the translation you need to memorize this verse out of. Amen? Or whatever scriptures uh, that you have. So 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You may know that you have eternal life. And the reality is, yes, you can know. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life. And so when we look at this, last week we looked at the first evidence, and that first evidence was keeping the commandments of God. And so as we look back at chapter 2, 1 John chapter uh, uh, chapter 2, we look at that and we saw that uh, keeping the commandments of God was the first evidence. And so again, I want to remind you that the evidence is not the means of salvation. The only means of salvation is believing on Jesus Christ. These things I've written to you who believe on the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And so it's the belief in Jesus, it's faith in Jesus Christ that saves us. That is the means of salvation. But once we have the means of salvation settled by putting our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, then comes the evidence of salvation. Amen. Then comes that evidence of salvation that I'm truly born again. And so that very first one is keeping the commandments of God. And so what does that, uh, that uh, mean? It means that we're going to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and we're going to love our neighbor just like ourselves. Right? It's the evidence of love, that the love of God is at work within our life. The love of God towards God and the love of God towards our neighbor as well. So when we begin to think about that and understand that when God lives within us, when we have fellowship with Him, when we have that sweet communion with Him, He is in us, and since He's in us, He's at work within us. Amen? He is at work within our life. He is, he is shaping us. He is molding us. He is leading us. He is guiding us. He's navigating us down the path that He would have us to follow. And right behind that, in uh, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5, a lot of people combine these two commands, but they are two separate commands. The reason why we know that is because there's two different, by this we know, statements uh, that are made in there. And so 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5, it says this, but whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. So there's one of those by this we know statements once again. By this, we know that we are in him. How do we know 
that we were we are in Him because we're keeping His word. Now, last week specifically, it was keeping the commandment, right? Keeping the commandment of love. But you know, there's a whole lot in the Word of God. I mean, there there's a there, there's an abundance within the Word of God, all the way from Genesis to Revelation and everywhere in between. Now, as we keep His word, what we're really saying is that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Therefore, I'm going to live in obedience to Jesus Christ. I'm going to live in obedience. He has given me his Bible. What is the Bible? You probably heard this said many, many times over years. It's basic instructions before leaving earth. Amen. That's what the Bible is. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. And so as we look at that, we look at the Bible, we look at the Word of God. When we keep God's Word, the Bible says right there, again, verse 5, but whoever keeps his Word. And so by this we know that we are in him because we want to keep his Word. Now there's all kinds of folks out there that want to try to deny the Word of God and try to deny the reliability of the Word of God, the accuracy of the Word of God, the integrity of the Word of God. But the fact is, none of them can be proved right and every single one of them can be proved wrong. Amen? And it's actually a lie from Satan that we've seen all the way from the very beginning, all the way from the Garden of Eden, when Satan comes up to Adam and Eve and said, Did God really say that? Right? Did God really say that? Or in other words, did God really mean that? And so when we look, it goes all the way back to the, the beginning in that same tactic that Satan used all the way back to the, in the Garden of Eden of trying to question Adam and Eve of whether or not the Word of God is reliable, whether or not the Word of God is trustworthy. In other words, is God reliable? Is God trustworthy? The very same tactic that Satan used in the Garden of Eden is the exact same same tactic that he is still using to this day. Do I trust God? Do I trust the Word of God? Do I live in accordance to the Word of God? Now there was no question of whether or not Adam and Eve believed that God was real. They had fellowship with Him. I mean, they had genuine fellowship with Him where they walked with God in the cool of the day. And so today we're not questioning whether or not the Word of God is real. Now, Satan does cause people to question. You know, the very first thing that the Bible says says in, uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and that is on the attack more than just about anything there is today within the word of God right and then right after that it says and God created them in his own image and in the, in the likeness of God he created them male and female and boy that's under the attack today isn't it it's under the attack uh, you know can a man be a woman no uh, not, not only uh, can a man not be a woman uh, in accordance to the word of God but God has created them so there is no scientist that will honestly say that a man could be a woman or a woman could be a man but we want to get in our emotionalistic uh, mindset today that we can do that because that's what we feel but really deep down it's a lie from Satan right? it's a lie from Satan trying to deny the truth of the word of God it's interesting those we live in this today we have this big debate today you know should a man that thinks he is a woman be alive to participate in women's sports and everybody says oh absolutely it's not you know it's it's, it's just wrong it's bigotry uh, to, to not let that happen well why aren't a whole bunch of women who think that they're men trying to participate in men's sports amen I mean that's just common sense when it comes right down to it amen 
And so as we look at this, the Word of God is true, the Word of God has always been true, and the Word of God always will be true. But for those who are Christians, we not only know that the Word of God is true, but we're going to set in our mind and our heart that we are going to live in accordance to the truth of the Word of God. So as we look at this in verse 5, but whoever keeps the Word in Him, the love of God has truly been perfected. And so when we begin to understand this, I want you to understand that, that, that the perfected love of God, not the keeping of the Word of God, but the perfected love of God within the life of an individual, within the life of a Christian, is the evidence of whether or not somebody has truly been born again, the evidence of whether or not somebody has truly been saved. It's not the actual keeping of the Word of God, the keeping of the Word of God is simply the fruit of the evidence or the work of, the, of God within the Christian that the love has been perfected within them because it's the love of God that has been perfected within the Christian that is going to cause the Christian then to keep the Word of God because if the love of God is not at work within the Christian then that individual is not really a Christian and he has absolutely no desire whatsoever, no inkling within himself whatsoever to keep the Word of God in the first place. Amen? They have no desire because God's not at work within their life. And so as the Bible says right here, but whoever keeps His Word in Him, the love of God has surely been perfected. Now remember, all this goes back to 1 John chapter 1 that we have fellowship with Jesus. Amen? It's all tied in to that fact that we have fellowship with Jesus. We walk with Him. We talk with Him. We live with Him. He lives within us. He is in us. And since He's in us, He's at work within us and one of the things that's in, we're at work within us is His love. It causes us to be in love with Jesus Christ, to walk in that love with Jesus Christ and it's the love of Jesus Christ that says, you know what, I'm going to keep His Word. You know why? Because I love Him. Amen? Because I love Him, not because I have to, because that's religion. When you have a checklist of saying, oh, I have to do this. I've got that, that box checked. I have to do that. I've got that box checked. I have to do this other thing. I've got that box checked. And you have this list of all of your do's and all of your don'ts. That's religion. And I firmly believe, especially as you see Jesus dealing with the Pharisees and the religious leaders in the New Testament, I believe God hates religion. I believe God despises religion. All of this checkmark list of I have to do this and I have to do that. No, you don't have to do anything, but if you love Jesus, you're going to keep His Word. Amen? Amen? If you truly love Him and the love of God has been protected, uh, perfected rather within your life, you're going to want to keep His words. You're going to have that desire. Now if you don't love God, you're going to love something else. The Bible says here in John chapter 3 and verse 19, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. So what did they love? 
See, this is prior to conversion. This is non-converted people. This is non-saved people. These are people that do not have fellowship with Jesus Christ, that do not walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, but they walk in darkness because men love darkness rather than the light. And what is evident within them is that they're walking in darkness rather than the light, for their deeds are evil. Amen? So what do they love? They don't love God. They don't love the ways of God. They don't love the things of God. They don't love the people of God. What do they really love? They love themselves and they love the darkness. Therefore, it is going to be manifested throughout their life because their deeds are evil. That's what they love. That's what they pursue. That's what they desire. That's what they long for. That's what they think about. That's what they dream about. That's their goals. That's their, that's their mindset. That's their pursuit. Is that darkness in the ways of evil. Because that's what they love. But then Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 15, He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I mentioned this a little bit last week. I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit. But Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. If you love me. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments. Jesus didn't say, if you keep my commandments, this is proof of your love towards me. Oh, no, he didn't say that. He said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. You're going to do it. Why? Because you love me. Amen? Because you love me. And that is a demonstration. That is a proof. That is an evidence within your life that you truly do love me because you have the desire within your heart to keep my commandments. And so if we truly love God, if we truly love Jesus Christ, we're truly going to want to keep His Word. We're truly going to want to live a life that is honorable to Him. We're truly going to live a li- want to live a life that is pleasing to Him. You know, if you love your dad and you love your mom, I mean, you really love your dad and you really love your mom and you respect them. I was talking to somebody a while back, and as I was talking to that person, their, their, their mom had been dead for many, many years. And though their mom had been dead for many, many years, this is what came out of their mouth. I wonder what my mom would think about this. Amen? wonder what mama would think about this. wonder what daddy would think about this, even though, even though they're dead and gone. Or maybe they're not dead and gone, but they're, they're not right in front of you at the moment. That thought still comes across your mind. You, 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 may, be, uh, you, you may be grown and you've been out of the household for, for decades now. Right? But you're still concerned about what mom and dad thinks about the situation. Amen? Now, if that's you, you have love in your heart towards your mom and dad. You have respect in your heart towards your mom and dad. Amen? You respect their opinion. Now, I know as teenagers, when you're a teenager, you think your mom and dad are the silliest people on the face of the earth. They don't know anything. and so. But the older you get, the more you realize that they truly were wise. Now, I know that some aren't blessed with wise parents. I understand that. And some aren't blessed with godly parents. I understand that. I recognize that. But you know, when we begin to think about this, begin to understand that that ought to be in the back of our mind all the time. Not just the back of our mind, the front of our mind, and all through our mind. Well, what does God think about this particular situation? 
What does God think about me doing this particular thing? What's the heart of God? What's the mind of God? What what, what does the Word of God have to say about this particular situation? You know, when you begin to look at these things and begin to understand, it's not hard to figure out, is it? If that's in your heart, if that's in your mind, if that's in your soul, if that's in the depths of your spirit, and that's what drives you, that's what motivates you, then friend, you're born again because the Word of God tells us that the love of God is doing a work within our life of perfecting that Word of God. But if you're walking out there and you could absolutely care less what God has to say about the subject, even though you might know what God has to say about the subject, you understand, you get it. It's not a complicated issue. It is a blessing or white issue it is totally understandable and you know it everybody under the sun knows that it's right and everybody under the sun knows that it's wrong but you just don't care you're going to do what you want to do anyway because that's what your flesh tells you that you want to do well then you love darkness you don't love the light in fact you hate the light And there's a whole lot of folks out there in the world that are calling themselves Christians that could care less what God has to say about the subject, could care less about what the Word of God has to say about the subject. They're just going to do what they want to do because that's what they want to do because they're more in love with themselves than they are God. Amen? And you know I'm telling you the truth even though you might not admit the truth. So when we look at this and begin to understand, but whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. So the one that loves darkness rather than light, the Bible says, again, John chapter 3 and verse 19, this is the judgment that light has come into this world, but men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. See, that's their walk. That's their life. That's what makes them who they are. Right? You, you, You look at them, that is their walk, that is their talk, that is the personification of who they are. Those ways are evil ways. But you know, when we understand this, our walk as Christians should not point people to us, but point people to Jesus. And back in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 6, it says this, If we say that we have fellowship with Him, remember it all keeps tying back to fellowship, right? Fellowship with Jesus. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So where's your walk? Now I'm not talking about your Sunday morning walk while all the Christians are looking, while the pastor's there, while your Sunday school teachers are there, while the deacons are there. Amen? Now I'm talking about your Monday through Saturday walk. Amen? Maybe even Sunday evening walk. Where's that walk? Because you can come here and you can put on a show and you can trick all of us. 
fact, you could trick all of us seven days out of the week. But where's your walk at when you get home? When nobody else is around, nobody's looking. Nobody's paying attention. Because you all heard about that one that said, oh, I can't believe he did that. That's unlike him. Well, you don't really know what's in their heart. But God does. Amen? God does. God knows what's in your heart. God knows what's in your mind. But if you continue to read that, it's, again, it's all about the walk. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. See, it's about a walk. Amen? Those who love darkness are going to walk in darkness and as evidence their deeds are evil. Those who love Jesus and the work of God has been perfected in them, the love of God has been perfected in them, they're going to walk in the light and in that same way their deeds are going to be evident. Does that mean that you have a perfect walk? No, it doesn't mean that you have a perfect walk. Does that mean you're perfect in every way? Does that mean you never slip up, trip up, slip and fall? Does that mean uh, that, that, that from the time that you get saved that you never ever commit a sin or never ever make a mistake in the entirety of your life? No, that doesn't mean that at all. But what that truly does mean is because you love Jesus, when your walk slips up, when your walk trips up, it's going to break your heart. Amen? It's going to grieve you. And if it doesn't grieve you, the Holy Spirit's coming after you and God chastises those of whom He loves. So a spanking's coming. And how many of you know that from personal experience? Amen? I know I do. That whipping's coming. Because God loves you. And you're not doing right. And it's only going to hurt you. Yes, it hurts him, but it's going to hurt you. So he wants to get you right back there where you need to be. Amen? If the Holy Spirit's not coming after you, listen, if those times in your life where you're not going where God wants you to go and you're not getting put in the belly of the whale, something's wrong with that walk. Amen? Something's wrong with that walk. You may be walking in darkness rather, walk, rather than walking in the light. And so when we begin to understand it, our walk overrides our talk. Amen? I, I could talk a talk all day long. You know, I'm going, I was been down, y'all saw the picture, some of you did on Facebook, me and Dale's uh, out there, we're, we're, we're cruising the coast, we're driving down there, I've got, you know, uh, we're in our car riding up and down Highway 90, it's cruising the coast, and uh, you know, there, there's some uh, cars that pull up beside us, and I mean, they're, they're vibrating our car, you know, they're bloop, 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 and our, our car sitting there, sitting there shaking, and I, and I could, I, I could go around and tell you, you know what, I've got the fastest car on Highway 90 right now, I just blow the doors off of every single car now, my Mustang's got a four-cylinder in it, right? <laughs> so, 
this car pulling up beside me and I'm, I'm talking to talk and I'm telling everybody, hey, I'm the, I got the fastest car on the highway and I'll blow everybody away. All these other cars out here, I'll just blow you away until that guy pulls up beside me where his car is vibrating my car. Right? Then all of a sudden that talk shuts up and I'm not saying anything else. Amen? Because he's fixing to blow the paint right off of my car. We talk talks all we want to. Where's the walk at? Amen. Amen. Where's that walk at? You see, that's really where the rubber hits the road. Amen. We can say anything that we want to say. You know, back when Mike Tyson was in his prime, I could say, well, I'd whip him up in a heartbeat. I'd just knock him out in the first round. I'd just tear him up as soon as he walks through the room, walks in the room and say, hey, Mr. Tyson, how you doing? <laughs> Amen? Because talk doesn't accomplish anything. It's the walk that truly matters. And if God's at work in my life, you know what? He's going to fix the walk. (laughs) He's going to be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He's going to set the way. He's going to set the direction. And He's going to give me the motivation through His love to do it. To get it done. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8, He says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. They had the talk. Oh, and they had a good talk. They had it perfected to an art form. Everybody around them was tricked and fooled of thinking that they were righteous men. But Jesus saw straight through that. Their hearts are far from me. And so when we understand, we, we, we begin to recognize this, friends, it, it, it comes down to a couple of things right here. If God is truly in you, then Jesus is at work within you. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 3 says, Therefore putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander, that, that's what we're doing. All those deeds of the flesh, all of that, we're to just put them to, to the side. Put them to the side. We don't want that stuff anymore. We don't want that garbage within our life. We, we, we understand, we begin to recognize the stench of those things, all of those deeds of the flesh and we don't want them so we're going to put them to the side. And verse 2 goes on to say, and like newborn babes, like newborn babes, those brand new baby Christians, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the Word so that you may grow in respect of your salvation. A true born again believer in Jesus Christ is going to have a longing for the pure milk of the Word of God within their life. Why? So that they can grow in respect to their salvation. They're going to have a desire for the things of God. 
They're going to have a hunger. They're going to have a thirst. Something is going to be within them. That's the Holy Spirit. That is Jesus at work within you, giving that longing for you. But then he goes on to say, if, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, if, that's a little word, but it has great big consequences, doesn't it? If, you have tasted the kindness of the, Lord, of the Lord. See what it really comes down to this. Well, Brother Rusty, I've been told all my life that all I need to do is believe. Yes, that is all you need to do is believe. But what have you believed in? Amen? So I, I, I firmly believe that some people have just believed in the Christmas story and the Easter story, and that's about it. See, it's more to it than that. It's the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you know the Bible tells us over 700 times in the New Testament, over 700 times in the New Testament that Jesus is Lord? Now what does that mean? That means if Jesus is Lord, that means everything He says is right is right, and that's what we ought to be pursuing, and everything He says is wrong is wrong, and we abstain from it. And so what do we do? Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Acts chapter 16, we find the Philippian jailer. We find his conversions. Earthquake came, Paul and Silas, they they were set free, and so he was about to commit suicide, and and, and Paul stops him. What must I do to be saved? And you know what most of us say? And I say this sometimes. Believe on Jesus and you should be saved, but that's not exactly what that verse says. There's a strong emphasis right there. It says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. In the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Romans 10.9 If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Some people believe the Christmas and Easter story because they don't want to go to hell. Satan believes the Christmas and Easter story. He probably believes it more than you do. I believe he was there. He's not everywhere present like God, but I, I have no doubt he was there. Especially in the Easter story. The death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. He was instigating it. And oh, I'd have loved to seen the look on his face when that tomb came open. Amen. Amen. <laughs> See, it all boils down to this thing. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? No, I mean really. Truly genuinely the Lord of your life. 
It's in your heart, it's in your mind when you're walking down a path. Is this the path he'd have me to follow? Is this honorable to him? Is this pleasing to him? Or on this side, are you you're walking down this path? You know it's not God's will. You know it's not God's direction. You know it. Everybody under the sun knows that that is not what God would have you to be doing. In fact, He very clearly tells you in His Word, don't do that. And you say, well, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care what God has to say about that subject. You are the most arrogant person on the face of this earth. I love you, but you're the most arrogant person on the face of this earth to tell a holy, almighty, all-powerful, all-sovereign creator of heaven and earth and ultimately the judge of all of heaven and earth to tell him, I don't care what you have to say. I'm going to do what I want to do. I love you, but who in the world do you think you are? Friend, you better repent. And you better repent right now. Time's running short. See, the love of God being perfected within our life is the evidence of salvation. The keeping of His Word is the fruit of that evidence. Because the only way I'm going to even have any desire to keep his word is because I love him. And as our praise team comes up here, the only reason I love him is because I know him. The Bible says the only reason we love God is because he loved us first. Amen? He loved us first. If you're here today and you're a Christian and you know you're a Christian, there's no doubt in your heart, your mind, your soul that you're a Christian. You know that you know that you know as you stand this morning. As everyone stands this morning, you know that you're a Christian. No doubt in your heart or mind whatsoever over the fact that you are born again believer in Jesus Christ. But there's things in your life today that you know that are not honorable and pleasing to Him. Christian, would you repent? Today, right here, right now, would you repent and get that mess out of your life and be the man or the woman God wants you to be? Why push the love of Jesus to the side and pursue things that don't even matter? They have only devastating earthly consequences and no eternal consequences. If that's you as a Christian today, you could be right there, you could stand there right there where you're at and do business with God. Repent, get that stuff out of your life. Mindsets, attitudes, habits, whatever it is you want to call it. Get it out. Friend, if you're here today and you care less what God has to say about the subject, you just don't care. You know what the Word of God says, you just don't care what the Word of God says. Are you truly saved? 
Are you truly born again? If you to die right now, right here, this very moment, would you spend eternity in heaven with Jesus or eternity in hell separated from Him? Friends, if you're unsure, come spark a conversation with me. Let's get sure. Amen. Let's start some counseling time. Let's start some prayer time. Let's get sure. Maybe you're here today and you're sure and that place is going to be hell, but you don't want it to be hell. Would you come down here this morning and ask Jesus Christ in your heart and life to save you from your sins? Come on, you come right now as the praise team leads. You come. I don't know what to do. Come down here. I'll tell you what you need to do. Amen? You come.